ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Economics. Joining us this week for a look at business and finance is the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder. Ian, good evening. Welcome back for a brand new year. Yeah, good to be here, Phil. Well, it's a brand new start for the Reserve Bank too. They had their first post-rates decision press conference this week. This is part of the reforms to the Reserve Bank. A lot of eager-eyed and bushy-tailed journalists went along expecting uh, to hear from the uh, the bearded uh, eminence on the mount. No reflection on Ms Bullock, of course. <laughs> I was as wondering to what, where you were going with that. <laughs> as, to what, as to what the secret of, and the meaning of life was. Yeah. They were disappointed, though, weren't they? They were. Um, you know, I do remember that Monty Python <laughs> skit, you know. <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount, yeah, it didn't go according to plan either. Mm. Uh, look, it was really quite interesting because, you know, this is all part of this new era of openness and transparency. Mm. And, you know, the press conference went on for a very, very long time, but there was n- not any indication given about the only thing that anybody really wants to know about. So, you Which know, is when's the interest rate cut coming? Yeah, that's right. So the, none whatsoever. In fact, it could go up, it could go down. It all depends on what might happen. But that's un. It's unrealistic. She's not going to say, well, it's going to happen in July. No. And I mean, I, and, and can't. I do wonder, though, what's the point of all of this? Hmm. You know, what's the point Thanks. of this theatre and the noise and all the pretense about being transparent if you can't say anything? Hmm. I mean, it's all wonderful theatre, I guess. Perhaps not only can't say anything, but. But maybe you shouldn't say anything. Well, precisely. I mean, what was the one thing that got Philip Lowe into trouble? Saying something. Yeah, saying, mm. well, I don't think interest rates are going to go up for another three years. We won't see a rate hike till 2024, he said. Mm. Um, and now we're talking about rate cuts after uh, 13 rate hikes on the, on the go. So, you know, I just, I do wonder whether this is a worthwhile process because all you're doing by by you know, putting the governor up there for a very long period of time mm. is potentially opening up the possibility that she says something that will cause traders to interpret one way and, you know, uh, influence the dollar, the stock market and all sorts of other things. They do this in the US, don't they? The, the, they have press conferences yep. after Federal Reserve meetings yep. and the stock market moves accordingly. Yep. But, you know, again... But, the, but here, I mean, here, I don't want to be harsh about this, but it doesn't actually mean anything. No, it doesn't. And the thing is, here is, here is the rule of thumb for how reserve banks or central mm. banks operate. If the economy starts to heat up, right, they mm. raise interest rates. If the economy starts to slow, they cut them. Right? That's the way it works. So you can put somebody up there and grill them, you know, upside down, left, right, sideways, and every, every other which way you want, but that's all that ever happens. And so they can't tell you when they're going to do things because that will simply alter market behaviour. It will alter consumer behaviour. Mm. It will have a, an impact running right, but it will be work against what they're trying to do. So that at each point, they're going to try and be very calm and moderate in what they say, not give firm con, you know, ideas about where they're heading. It's always going to be some kind of a mystery. And so you have to say, what is the point of this? I must say, though, that this week in, um, in New York... Um, Jerome Powell, the head of the US Federal Reserve, essentially came out and and told uh, financial markets to, you know, put a sock in it, really. He said, basically, Mm. you're all betting on a a March rate cut. 
Mm. Um, I wouldn't. Mm. You know? <laughs> uh, and you're all you know, looking at six, seven rate cuts for this year. Um, bit optimistic. So, you know, it was quite, uh, quite explicit about what he said there. But I don't think we're going to get that kind, of, uh, that kind of language here. And in fact, you know, this week with Michelle Bullock, it was, you know, rates, it's evenly balanced. It could go either way. Well, we yeah. all know it's not going to go either way. We all know that we're going to get a rate cut at some stage in the next few months. It might be three, it might be six months, we don't know. Because the data that's come out so far, which has been, uh, you know, the the uh, consumer spending data, the retail mm. sales figures for, de- for the December quarter were really, really bad. Some of the worst yeah. on record. Um, we've seen a turn in the labour market and uh, the anecdotal evidence from, you know, all sorts of sites that measure uh, employment, adver- jobs ads and so forth are all pointing south. So all of these things are not looking great for the economy. And then, of course, we had the inflation data that came in way below the expectations that the Reserve Bank set just 12 weeks ago, right? So um, if you can't, you know, get your forecast right 12 weeks out, um, you've got no chance of doing it uh, six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years out. What's that Maynard Keynes quote? When the the facts change, I change my mind. What do you do, sir? Yeah, there's some debate about whether he actually said that or not, but uh, it's a good one. But (laughs) there is debate about whether he actually said it, but but that is the truth of it, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, so now you have an industry of investment Mm. bankers and market pundits all out there making these forecasts. Mm. And every time there's some little change, they change the forecast. So I kind of wonder sometimes, why do we bother with forecasts if you're simply going to change them every single day? It's not really a forecast. Forecast, is it? It's you know, <laughs> like budget forecasts. <laughs> I must say, budget forecasts of deficits and so on, which almost uh, invariably proved to be wrong. So the but the numbers would point to an, a, a rate cut some stage this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do the numbers say about the overall health of the economy anyway? Well, this is the problem with I guess, and the difficulty with with uh, being mm. in charge of a, a central bank is that the lags are so long between when you make a decision and when you take the action to when they actually flow through to the economy, that it's really difficult to judge whether or not they're working. Mm. And, you know, so we had a rate hike in November um, after a couple of months of being on hold. Mm. And suddenly in the December quarter, right, which is November's right in the middle of that December quarter, suddenly when we get the numbers for the December quarter, we start to see evidence of a dramatic slowdown. So was that rate cut... I mean, it might have been made with um, the data that was available at the time, but that was all backward looking as well. That data came, you know, stretched back for months as well. Mm. So, you know, was that a, it might have been the right decision to make with the data you had, the information you had, but it seemed to have been a rate hike that was made when the economy was really starting to cool. And, you know, as a result, there are quite a few very respected economists, one of whom was forecasting two rate hikes this year, really? uh, has changed his mind and said, no, we're going to be, uh, we might see rate cuts as soon as May. Hmm. So, you know, no one really knows, but I guess the evidence is pointing to a slowdown in the economy. And the, and the danger is if you don't take action to arrest a slowdown that becomes very a very quick slowdown, um, then you can end up in a lot of trouble. Hmm. I mean, the, the next data that we're going to be basing all this upon is the GDP numbers that drop uh, in uh, the first week of March. Mm -hmm. So 
it's quite possible that we're already contracting, that the economy is in contraction. The only thing that's actually kept GDP numbers in, in the black in the past uh, six months particularly have been uh, rising immigration. We had a lot of people flood back into the country um, after the pandemic ended, and particularly in, in 2023. And more people means bigger economy, gives the illusion that there is growth. If you look at per capita GDP, that is, you strip out the effects of population growth, um, so the economy may have grown, but individually we have all been worse off. So we've, there's economists out there essentially calling what we're in now a, G, a uh, per capita recession. Mm. And uh, it may well be that we've slipped into an actual you know, GDP um, contraction in the December quarter which would, I think, be quite confronting to the new Reserve Bank board, would add to the problems and the, and the difficulty that they have in making a decision on where to go next. I mean, if the economy is contracting, do you continue to just sit on your hands and say, well, we've got to wait till the inflation data comes down into the, uh, into the band? Hmm. It gets back to the interaction, of course, between you know, what the Reserve Bank does, which has limited tools at its disposable and what the government can do. And as we've seen this week with the government's decision on, on uh, tax reform, uh, which they say will be non-inflationary, mm. uh, the, the tax package, which is now going to go through the parliament uh, without any difficulties, it seems, the government might be thinking we're in a better position here. I think so, yeah. Mm. I, well, look, I think something does need to be done. I mean, household incomes have fallen dramatically in the past 12 months. Mm. You know, they're at their lowest level, I think the number I saw was for eight years, mm. right? Hit by high, much higher prices, particularly for utilities and so forth. A huge whack in interest rates. Um, wages growth has not been keeping pace. Oh. Uh, you know, you've got all of these factors kind of basically just hitting households at the moment. So it's no, little wonder that spending is, is really starting to dry up. Mm. And the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, these things, they 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 start off very slowly and then they take on a life of their own and then it becomes very difficult if you jump in late to try and arrest it. Now, the Reserve Bank was late to get on board with trying to stop inflation. The last thing you'd want to do is for it to be late getting on board trying to stop a recession. Hmm. But it will take its cue, as you say, yeah. <laughs> from the available data. Yeah. yeah. So the new era of openness and uh, accountability is not to be sneezed at, uh, Ian, is it? Well, I just don't think <laughs> just it adds, I just don't think it adds have, much. You know? It just doesn't have... A, that's no. right, it hasn't really illuminated. No. Look, I think it's probably a good idea to have more experts on the on the board, outside mm. experts, and, mm. and uh, challenge those from mm. in, inside the Reserve Bank. It's probably a good idea to have a separate board that makes interest rate decisions and another board that uh, looks after the operation of the Reserve Bank, the organisation itself. Mm. I think that's a good idea to, to do that. Whether, you know, all the, the extra talking and so forth makes too much difference, I don't think it will, really. Mm. It might make things more complicated. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, in the meantime, of course, I'm sure the Reserve Bank's uh, spin doctors are also trying to uh, find new ways to take the heat off the bank and on put it back onto the government, where maybe... Uh, properly it should be yeah well look it should be a combination it should be a, a joint effort really because mm. you've got monetary policy on the one hand you've got fiscal policy on the other hand i mean it's it's 
unfortunate, I guess, that over the past 30 or 40 years, fiscal policy has been demonised as a way of controlling the, the right. economy. Right. Um, you know, if you, you can't use uh, taxes, for instance, to slow down spending um, mm. because that makes you, you know, somehow, you know, you're an enemy of the, pe- mm. the people if you do that. And only responsible uh, governments... Uh, well, a responsible government can only cut taxes. You can't raise taxes at all. No, no. Whereas, you know, for a very long period of time, taxes were used as a form of speeding up and slowing down the economy, redistributing income where needed. Um, but yeah, you, you can't touch the tax system. It's almost it's mm. political suicide to do so these days. Exactly. Ian, always good to talk. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.